Hey, it's Gummy from Battlecross. On behalf of the band, I just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a metal and Happy New Year's. Thanks for all the support of Battlecross. We could not have done any of this without you guys. We'll see you on the road in 2014. Thanks for making 2013 so awesome. And again, Happy Holidays. Devil Welcome everyone to Devil Horns. This is Corey, and I'm joined by my full lineup of uh, wonderful people. Mike, Nick, gentlemen, it seems like it's been so long. Um, because it has, actually. It's been probably like, what, a month or something? I don't know. How are you guys doing? I think so. Doing good. How are you guys? Good. Do, good. Doing all right. Prepping for Christmas. Yeah. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I started shopping in September, so I'm, I'm done. Officially done. Oh, wow. <laughs> This. man not me i still have stuff to buy uh, yeah yeah and that's why this show is late coming out it's this should have been out like you know here a few days ago but uh time just went by and literally like monday came around when we'd normally be releasing a new show and i'm just like well huh <laughs> we never got together and recorded anything <laughs> man that went by quick and yeah just it's that time of year and it happens to everybody actually i see a lot of podcasts that are sort of delayed this time of year you know for about a month you get some sort of wonky timing on things so you know that's just how it is but we're real people so real mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. family first we're here to have fun but it is family first it seriously is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anything interesting uh just uh real quick here before we get into uh the real meat and potatoes of the episode but uh, any interest any interesting things going on uh in your lives here since we talked uh anything anything crazy going on mike uh downloaded a virus that just about actually came to my house and destroyed all of my electronics uh not quite sure how that happened but i will thank uh a vast for being the apparently free uh <laughs> virus protection <laughs> that i'm no longer depending on uh, oh really a vast yeah. is so good it didn't help yeah, well, no, it actually opened the door and gave That's, me a virus. It gave the virus oh, snacks no. and let it into my house. That yeah, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, but I've, I've appreciated it up until now, but I actually had to download uh, Norton to get in there and tear all this crap out. So other than that, nothing going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you almost didn't make it to the show, actually. I should uh, tell everyone that. Uh, it's true. You know, that was, uh, yeah. But uh, so I'm glad you did, man. But I'm sorry to hear about all that. Jeez. Uh, uh. Oh, Nick. How about you guys? What's going on? Yeah. Um, I just found out that Spotify is now free on your phone. So that's awesome. Yes. I can't that's wait it. to start fucking using it. I'm going to throw Pandora out the goddamn window. <laughs> I I uh, didn't know that it went free to phone until Corey just told me before we started recording this. And uh I'm excited. I love Spotify, and I I have so much stuff on there that I mean to get to. So hopefully, I'll be able to now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, I pay for premium now. You know, like the ten bucks a month. And before, it was uh, the reason I did that. It was because you know, no ads. I always got really really bugged by the ads, um, and higher quality a uh, higher quality audio course but uh another thing i thought of is actually uh, you know I, I do have the option to listen offline if i know there are a couple albums and i'm, I'm maybe going somewhere where i'm not going to have wi-fi or something like that and i'm going to want to listen to something you can actually uh i have the option of listening to it you know you don't download it's not like they let you download a set of mp3s or something but uh they encode it in their own special way and so when you get on spotify you can watch or listen to those without having a connection so um even though I haven't used that feature yet, um, you know, I, I am paying for that as well. So, you know, but uh, it's just sort of, you know, uh, narrowed the gap, you know, between the free and the premium users. And so I don't know. I was hoping they'd roll out something extra special cool for us premium folk, but <laughs> I haven't heard anything yet. 
It's good to hear Nick's distaste of Pandora. What's the matter? You got tired of, well, we noticed you liked Cowboys from Hell. Have you have you heard of Cowboy Junkies? No, you goddamn <laughs> stupid piece of software. It's two different kinds of music. God. <laughs> no, I, I I like Pandora for what it is, but um when you listen when you narrow down your network your your station on Pandora enough, it will play the same forty songs over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh like my folk and prog metal station. Uh, it somehow turned into a piano station, and now it plays a lot of piano and uh, a little bit of folk metal every now and then. Who doesn't love a Victor Borga surprise? It's all, it's all good. <laughs> I don't know what happened, man. Uh, yeah, I, I get pretty good recommendations in Spotify, but the one thing that does bother me is they do throw up just random ads for anything and everything um you know mainstream whatever and it doesn't matter what kind of stuff that you do listen to um they throw up like i i'm constantly seeing like lady antebellum and uh just you know random stuff like that like a big (laughs) splash ad you know right when i load up spotify like listen to this new album and i'm like i've just been listening to you know disfiguring the goddess and and you know cannibal corpse and really i have no i don't think i've ever actually listened to lady antebellum but I get the gist of it. I know I'm not going to like it. And so, yeah, I still I'm I'm subjected to those visuals which uh offend me. But I'm not really not really offend, but whatever. Um so I'm paying Spotify, so I don't want to see that crap. Um but yeah, yeah, that's that's good news for uh for the majority of people. Most people uh get Spotify for free, so that's uh, that's good nice. news. Yeah. But uh yeah. Yeah, me. Um, I've been doing uh, you know a few reviews for uh, Rock and Real Reviews, which has been cool. And uh, I just actually did a segment on their podcast. Uh, they invited me on for a top five albums of 2013 segment. So they're inviting on the the reviewers on their website to um, get on and chat with them for a few minutes on their podcast about what they thought were the top uh, albums that came out this year. And so I got to work up my top five list and talk about that with Duncan and Dave over there. And it was really cool. It was nice. really cool. They're both UK guys too. So that was extra awesome because they have accents. <laughs> it always makes them sound extra smart. Like they know, really know what they're talking exactly. about. It's like they have, they have just sort of this level of, of credibility too. You know, it's like, these are, these are really, really intelligent guys you know and uh you know here's me the american you know <laughs> see again again we're we're falling victim to our nationality you see those bastards from uh. australia pulled the same shit on us too where we're like well you know what granted they are descendants of criminals but they do sound smarter than i do damn it hate that uh, yeah so, yeah, that was going to be like their Christmas episode, I think, or something. So that'll be that'll be going up here. But, uh, yeah, so that's a lot of fun. I've been uh, they, they've been sending a lot of great music over my way. You know, the Feared album I reviewed that I reviewed uh, the Weekend Nachos album that just came out. Um, <laughs> Mike, I thought you do you know who Weekend Nachos are? No, you would be totally they're totally down your alley, man. I, you'd, you'd be into them. They're uh, they're very, very angry uh kind of hardcore crossover um uh really yeah downtuned uh sort of hardcore but the angriest band i think i've ever ever come across are you saying i have like a temper problem Corey? no 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 the fuck is going on here because i did the first band that crossed my mind um was uh um blood duster actually oh and not not necessarily they don't line up perfectly but just a lot of the a lot of the feeling you know, yeah, I love like the warmness that you get in your heart when you listen to Blood Duster. <laughs> the cockles yeah. of my heart. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you feel that with the Weekend Nachos. So I have no idea why they're called Weekend Nachos, but uh, it's totally but misleading. I, <laughs> but but I'll never forget it. I'll know I'll know how to search them, and I'm definitely going to want to find out more. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, they're on Spotify. I think that new one's on Spotify. So check it nice. out. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's been a lot of fun. And the next one, actually, the next album I get to review for uh, Rock and Reel is. Uh, uh, the Disfiguring the Goddess album that just came out. and uh, Very nice. So, albums, actually. He did two albums when he was only supposed to do one. And nobody knew. It was a secret second album. And so that was an extra special treat for us all. So that's uh, that's going on next. And um, so, yeah, yeah. 
but nice. good stuff. Good stuff. And I've somehow fit uh, fit that in around the holidays when really I'm just not doing a whole lot of anything uh, other than just holiday stuff and work and sure. being all crazy. But um, no. So I'm glad you guys took time out of your, your holiday schedule here less than a week now till Christmas uh, to talk about uh, talk about some great stuff tonight. And of course, this is finally, finally our official SOD episode, Mike. Um, I totally forgot we talked about so much SOD in that random segment that we I released last time that we sort of had in the had in the hopper here, you know, to sort of uh, release whenever we didn't have a show to put out. And uh, I was listening back and editing, and I'm like, oh my god, we, this is this is almost pretty much an SOD episode in and of itself. Right? Yeah, I was thinking that myself. Well, and, uh, folks, just re-listen to that, and you pretty much <laughs> that's I don't know what more I can say. Yeah, we'll try to expand though. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. It's a sequel. It's a exactly. remake. <laughs> exactly. This is a formal, this is the remix. The formal <laughs> review. We the did. Uh, yeah, we did. You know, a, a general sort of overview and and uh, things talked about. Uh, you know, several of the albums and uh, Billy Milano and and. But what like I'm re- what I'm going to enjoy about tonight is hearing what Nick has to say because he was he was young enough not to hear it when it first came out. But he's old enough to make a good comparison against heavy bands today, which he's probably much better qualified to do that than I am. So I'm kind of excited to hear, good or bad, what Nick has to say. It better be good. So <laughs> it's good. Wood. Right. Okay, before we uh, before we get into it, let's uh, let's take a listen to the clip, and then uh, we'll come right back. Of course, this is uh, their 1985 album, "Speak English or Die." But here's some SOD. there it is uh speak english or die uh very nice mike thank you for putting that together really appreciate that um but mike this is your this is your uh, album that you brought up for us to discuss and review so what was your rationale my rationale was that um i'd already discovered metal when i bumped into sod and i think i I bumped into it i can uh, i was in ninth grade i was at american high school i was out on the track actually talking um just heavy metal with this other guy. And I was talking about, you know, headbangers ball was big at the time. And I mentioned offhandedly. Yeah. You know, we're, Oh yeah. You watch headbangers ball. Yeah. Me too. And this was, I was watching nuclear salt and blah, blah, blah. I said, what's killing me are these little, these little clips. They have of these daredevils crashing cars and doing crazy shit. I'm like the music they play during those little clips are heavier than anything they're playing on Headbangers Ball. I said, I, that's that's great. I really love it. He goes, well, that's SOD. I said, SOD? And he said, yeah. He said, it's a, it's a speak English or die. Now, nobody I knew had this album. Uh, I was actually, I don't want to give this whole big backstory. I was visiting family in Berkeley two weeks later and wandered into one of those weird import, you know, hard to get 
like record places like Amoeba or whatever. And I, I walked in and found the tape of Speak English or Die. And I bought it without giving it a second thought, popped it on my Walkman and ignored my family for the next eight hours at the barbecue. It was the heaviest shit I ever heard. And um, yeah, and just just only knew of it, to be honest, because of uh, the bumper clips and Headbangers Ball and that one guy who just happened to knew who they were. And I didn't realize I already knew who all these people were anyway, the players, um, but just was blown away as I was already into metal, but could not believe how heavy this was. Yep. Yep. So uh, I'm glad you brought this up. It's, uh, you know, it was an album that uh, I haven't listened to for a while. Unfortunately, it isn't on Spotify, but, uh, you know, I, I do have it. I just hadn't uh, brought it up and uh, I'm glad I did. But uh, before I get into sort of my background on it, uh, Nick, uh, have you listened to SOD before? And if so, what uh, what were you, what was your impression? I guess um, I I had only ever heard SOD in passing before this. I never listened to the full album. Um, it was only like here here or there. I mean, we've got a heavy metal radio station out here in North Jersey. Uh, it's WSOU for you New Jerseyans, uh, eighty nine five. But um, you know, I've heard them play on there. I uh, of course was um, aware that they were the theme song for Headbangers Ball, um, but. Even that's not indicative of what they sound like, you know what I mean? Uh, and I I appreciate, uh, like, all right, this is my first time having listened to it, and I really appreciate the sound. I, I appreciate the raw energy. I think it's um it very much makes you want to move, you know what I mean? You want to be on the floor of a show of this. Uh, if, if this was a band that you had just walked in and seen, like, you know, opening for some band that you paid to see, this this would be the type of thing that would impress like out of nowhere. Um, I think uh, I, I I think that it's actually like some of the like I'm comparing it in my head to other bands from the 80s uh, that I know of. And I obviously don't have the uh, breadth of knowledge that you guys do when it comes to 80s metal. But I think I like this more than most of the stuff I've heard from the 80s. Um, and that's pretty cool, especially like older thrash stuff. I'm just not a huge fan of. Um, I mean, me and Corey were just talking about um, Anthrax before Mike got here. But I mean, I like this more than like what I've heard from Anthrax. And, you know, it's not like, you know, one of my favorite things ever or whatever, but I definitely enjoy it. I want to move when I hear it, you know, and uh, <laughs> I will say the lyrics are kind of retarded. And I guess we could talk about them because they were controversial (laughs) at the time. And we can kind of talk about that later, but it's definitely fun music that I think that, uh, metalheads will enjoy. Hmm. Oh, Nick, you've made me the happiest girl in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Uh, no, it was, uh, it's a fun album. Uh, and I, I, I just think, um, I can't believe it's so underappreciated that I hadn't really heard it until, now like all the way through <laughs> like it wasn't forced upon me and i don't think that a lot of people really know about sod you know what i mean oh yeah yeah that's that is weird and i certainly didn't at the time and i i know people today would be like who huh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i hadn't heard of them till i was in college so this was i think the first time i heard them would have been about 1996 and my college roommate was a metalhead uh, actually, the first band I was ever in, I, I was uh, with him. He was our singer, and uh, I was on bass. And uh, this guy, he was crazy, though, um, because I, th- the first college I went to was a private college. And, uh, you know, in private colleges, you know, in the, in the 90s, you know, especially, you know, uh, most of the people, it was more of a uh, sort of a conservative place, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, not a whole lot of people wore a lot of like metal shirts and things like that. And like I was only, you know, I was one of the only ones I was wearing like White Zombie and Marilyn Manson shirts around campus and stuff. And mm-hmm. and so and I, I was sort of gravitated towards other people because there weren't a whole lot of them. You know, and uh, this is one of the guys he was he was wearing like Slayer shirts and Cannibal Corpse and obituary shirts and things. And then uh, I got to know him because I happened to sit by him in class and then we roomed together and uh, sort of out of necessity. But uh, he exposed me to uh, the world of death metal. And so I'd never listened to Cannibal Corpse or any of that kind of stuff before. So he opened my eyes to all that. But uh, the one band that I that I think might have stuck out to me the most was S.O.D. because he always talked about them. He always talked about how funny the lyrics are, 
and um, how much more he liked them than Anthrax. And uh, he always played Speak English or Die, like over and over and over again. He had the cassette and he played it. And I always I thought it was amazingly heavy. Um, and I was I was real into Anthrax at that time. And it really confused me. I'm just like, well, wow. Why wasn't Anthrax ever quite this heavy? Because they, they never were. Uh, I, I think Speak English or Die is amazingly heavy, especially for 1985. You know, wow. Yeah. I mean, this is heavier uh, in production then uh like master of puppets which was you know even a year later um anything whatever slayer was putting out at the time this sounds thicker and and rougher Absolutely. than slayer uh megadeth all of that i mean they were they were just the sound just really killed and again uh, most of that credit goes to scott ian because he just writes incredibly awesome riffs and uh can uh, attack them we talked about all the attack you know yeah. <laughs> on the last show but this um, is scott ian on his own he doesn't have to you know, write with other guitarists. He wasn't writing with, uh, uh, oh God, what's his name? The little guy, oh, Anthrax. Danny oh. Spitz? Spitz, yeah. yeah. He didn't have to write with Spitz. I mean, this was this was pure him as far as a guitar went. So this is what he's capable of, Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And then it amazed me because um, I found out that I'd actually heard two of the songs on Speak English or Die prior to this because, again, being a big Anthrax fan, I think it was uh, 1991, Anthrax put out Attack of the Killer Bees, uh-huh. and they cover two of the songs on here. And I guess, you know, it's kind of covering, I guess, because it it's one band performing another band's songs, even though uh, two of the members at that time were shared uh, in between yeah. the bands, you know, Scott and, and uh, um, Frank, or not Frank, but um, uh, uh, the drummer, um, whose name Benani? is... Uh, yeah, Charlie. Charlie, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, now that now that was uh that was milk with an unwritten ending of uh oh United Forces. United Forces, yeah, yep. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um then uh, also Chromatic Death. Um oh, that's right. Which uh Anthrax kind of changed up and I think I even though SOD plays Chromatic Death Death faster, I noticed than SOD or SOD played it faster than Anthrax. Um Anthrax added a really, really cool sort of palm muted. They they kind of um, went down into this whole whole uh, breakdown section where it's the same sort of riff, but instead of like the instead Scott uh, went you know probably about the third time in he went into a and SOD didn't do that. Um, yeah. So that was uh, sort of a cool change there. But uh, so it's sort of it was sort of weird because I was used to hearing. You know, Joey singing the lyrics, you know, to Milk. And, uh, <laughs> right. and so it's just this weird little subtle shift. And, and even to this day, when I hear S.O.D.'s version of those songs, they just don't kind of sound, they don't sound right to me because I was so well, used to Anthrax. And also the shift of uh, it not being Dan Wilker, but actually being Frank Bello from Anthrax doing on uh, Attack of the Killer Bees. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. And may, I think maybe that's why they slowed it down a little bit, uh, Chromatic Death. Because right at the beginning of Chromatic Death, there's that little bass thing. And he's like, well, um, I think that Loker could actually play faster than than, uh, uh, Bello could. And um, so I think that's why they slowed it down. Because I I know I I keep listening. Like I said, I've listened to this uh, album now a million times since uh, we were talking about reviewing it. And uh, that uh, I just I I noticed that little little intro there is uh, especially (laughs) fast. And I'll say for the for the for those playing the home game, uh, you can Google any picture of Dan Lilker from any time from nuclear assault forward. Every picture he looks like he's just drank a 24 pack to himself. His eyes are red. He looks <laughs> like he doesn't know where he is. He always looks fucking just shit hammered. But his fingers play bass remarkably well. He's he's really, really good. It's just crazy. You look at me like it's like looking at Jeff Spicoli, but McCauley <laughs> could really beat the shit out of a bass. That's uh, that's Dan Lilker. So. And you are not kidding, man, because I just did that. I just Googled Dan Lilker and uh, pulled up the images. And it's like he can't open his eyes. No. No. Dude, man. But he's always constant. He always looks just fucking ripped. Yeah. But he goes out there and he gets it done. Yeah, some people. I mean, some people do sort of have that look naturally. Um, true. True. 
yeah, yeah. So anyhow, uh, yeah, I, I was really late to the game in SOD. You know, I probably listened to them a good uh, 10 years after I I wish I would have um, right when they came out. But uh, yeah, since then, I've been a big fan. You know, I, I'd, I'd like all their stuff. You know, I don't even mind uh, the album after this. But, uh, you know, Speak English or Die, this is uh, fantastic. Um, really fantastic. And I love it. And uh, again, just so, so heavy. So heavy. And uh, does it hold up? You guys still think it's like incredible? Like Nick? Would you say like this is a heavy album for like 2013 standards? Well, we were just talking about disfiguring the goddess before we started. So I don't know. I don't know where you'd classify it. Like if this came out today, we'd actually probably think of it more as punk. Yeah. Uh, it would probably get categorized rather and labeled as hardcore punk. Because uh, I think that that's kind of where this music kind of ended up nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't hear a I lot agree. of new bands with this sound. A lot of new bands these days, it's about pushing out as much blast beat as you could possibly bang someone's head into which sometimes that's fine um but really uh it doesn't um i mean it's obviously metal i'm not you know starting an argument about whether or not this is really metal i'm just saying i think that people nowadays might label it as something different um i I mean the sound of this it sounds so much it does sound very similar to anthrax but i think it sounds like anthrax mixed with like agnostic front a little um, and Ooh. I like it better than either Anthrax or Diagnostic Front. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, it definitely to me sounds very much like a product of its time, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. I'm not complaining about it, but I don't think that it has a modern counterpart. Yeah. Right. Damn. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, well, I, I was like, I can't argue with the damn thing you said. No, I, mm-hmm. Nick, I'm right there with you, man. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to put it in modern terms. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Uh, well, like, and, and metal was so so different then anyway. And this was this was a, a product of a whole bunch of kind of music, but totally different in its time. And there was there was really nothing like this when they put this album out, which was mm-hmm. kind of weird. I'm not saying they started a trend with crossover thrash, but this was one of the real early ones. Yeah. So you're right. I I, I agree with that. Yeah. And it really, I mean, it really wasn't supposed to be much of anything at all. I, I don't think they even really intended to have this go anywhere. Um, <laughs> this was a th- this was a throwaway. This yeah. was a, this was a couple days of extra studio time that they didn't think was going to go anywhere. I mean, oh this yeah, was... this this album was literally three days in the studio. They just yeah. threw this whole thing together and uh, <laughs> <Right>. made <laughs> I, up the lyrics on the spot. Clearly, yeah, yeah. Oh, Tw- and oh, twenty-one oh, just, tracks, amazing. Yeah, I just I want to mention. Uh, not to tear down a wall, um, but you will notice, looking back, that the MP3 that I put together for the uh, the the, uh, the sample in the beginning had everything but lyrics. Why? Because I don't much like Billy Milano. So you guys got full flavor of the music without because that was that was I think Nick's uh, one criticism was just the lyrics were stupid. Oh, my God. That's the thing I don't like about this band. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for the people listening at home, their lyrics uh, were controversial at the time because some of them are um, overtly racist, obviously, in a a way that is supposed to be a parody um, or uh, some of it is a joke and some of it is a parody. And um, uh, if it's not um, overtly racist, it's actually really dumb songs about like milk in your coffee that maybe it's supposed to be suggestive <laughs> but it's so not clever at all i can't even figure out no. what they're doing no. and uh oh what's the other one my like my favorite song like the song that i find myself banging my head to when i'm sitting at my desk at work listening to this every time is pussy whipped and what's it about like a dude who's got to walk his girlfriend's dog yeah <laughs> And see, and I, I think I disagree a little bit. People talking about how the how the lyrics were controversial because first off, oh yeah, Billy Milano was just yelling and rambling. No one knew the lyrics minus like the hook where you would say like "pussy whipped." But this most everybody I knew had this on tape. There were no lyrics printed inside that that tape uh, uh, case, and no one had the internet to go find out what these lyrics were. So very few people. Would have been offended aside from hearing Pussy Whipped or just reading uh, Premenstrual Princess Blues. And I oh, can't yeah, go that. out like this. I look like I've been shot. Oh, that's just great. <laughs> but uh, so I don't know so much about that now. Looking back, maybe so. But these lyrics were fucking stupid for the most part. Right. Billy Milano. I mean, and since you did bring up semi-racist. Yeah. Billy Milano 
and we can discuss him, whatever or not. He went on after this to form MOD, Method of Destruction. And uh, their, the, the album he tried to hit up big after this was uh, USA for MOD. And yeah, there were very racist lyrics, uh, <laughs> like the song Aren't You Hungry? He's t- and it was it was it was against uh, USA for Africa when we were helping feed you know the starving kids and I can quote verbatim Billy Milano's lyrics were um oh the song was called Aren't You Hungry uh, anyways it, it's something it's like I think these times are hard but they could be worse and he straight up says fuck that nigger charity and let them die of thirst that was his words wow mm. now Anthrax well I'm sorry that song was redone later on on i think the second uh, sod album and of course scott ian who's got a great history with public enemy and a bunch of other bands they re <laughs> the, he rewrote those lyrics to kind of say listen please forgive billy milano um it's but he, he totally changed it uh to be non-racist but yeah billy milano had no problem and he made another album songs like wigger and everything else i, I don't know where he's going but uh, not the smartest, uh, not the sharpest stick in the forest, Billy Milano. Well, I'm just, I mean, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no, I'm just wondering, sort of, you know, this had to be just total parody to Scott Ian, you know, because you're you're wondering what he's thinking, because Scott Ian is the, the uh, just his beliefs and politics and everything. He's the polar opposite from any from Billy Milano. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And so you're wondering, you're just like. Well, you obviously know what the lyrics were. You didn't speak English or die, you know, and all, all, all these things. So um, I think it was just total parody to him. And I don't think he thought maybe he was quite serious uh, about stuff. And, you know, Scott even, even said about this album, they only did this. They put this whole project together at all just to piss people off. That was that was just they wanted to come up with whatever they could just to sure. make anybody and everybody mad, no matter sort of what you believe. And uh, which, I, you know, I, I think they sort of did at the time. And it was and it was based. Most of this was based on an imaginary face, a cartoon character that him and Charlie used to draw called Sergeant D. It was a big skeleton face, always had a cigar. And he was he was just a sergeant that was very angry and, you know, which was like Sergeant D in the S.O.D. And, and he would put up like signs like, hey, you know, get to work, quit smoking, cancer will fucking kill you. Sign Sergeant D, you know. And so a lot of these songs were written from from the standpoint of this imaginary angry character. And I, I don't know. Um, the, yeah, the lyrics were fucking dumb, but they, that was the least part of my interest. So I could honestly very much enjoy S.O.D. as a three piece without any lyrics, at, without any vocals <laughs> at all. I would have been just fine. Yeah, it probably would have been even better. But, uh, dude, um, yeah, the lyrics are not actually important here. It's not like Tool where you're going to sit through and try and figure out what Maynard's really saying. Right. It's more like Psycho Stick. Like, did it make you smile a little? <laughs> That's a great then idea. maybe it succeeded. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, I love their short songs too. Um, you know, the anti procrastination <laughs> song is great. I mean, it's just great. It's, it's just funny. You know, the ballad of Jimi <laughs> Hendrix. You know, I heard them do that same thing, and I don't know if it's on their live album or not. But I've I've heard a lot of live SOD just through the years, and they've done that uh, that sort of thing. The ballad of. You know, oh, they yeah. did the ballad a, of Kurt Cobain. There's a bunch now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they they put a bunch of those together. But Michael uh, Hutchins. Yeah. yeah there's, there's oh, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and that's kind of funny. And that's, um, you know, again, Scott, Scott Ian's got a great sense of humor, which come, it, it's that comes through in Anthrax a lot, too. Um, but really, it was just sort of him unchained here, you know, and like, like you said, yeah. Mike, he didn't have to. He didn't really have to collaborate. You know, he brought in everybody to work with pretty much because he, he wanted to just put something together to mess around with. And Oh, no. Uh, have you heard the story how Billy Milano ended up joining the band? No. no. Oh, well, this could be kind of fun. Now, I'm paraphrasing. This is from a, a, a video interview I saw with Scotty in many years ago when they when they mentioned the band that I guess that. This was near, I guess, where they were recording, wherever Anthrax, I, I think we determined this was what, where they were recording Spreading the Disease yeah. or Among the Living? Spreading One of the, the two. Disease. Yeah, they just got done doing Spreading, I think. Okay. And they had some extra studio time, and apparently it was going to be just Charlie Scott, of course, both from Anthrax, for those who don't know, and Dan Lilker from Nuclear Assault. They're all friends, so they were going to get to record. And I guess it was going to be said that Scott was going to sing all of this stuff. Well, apparently, um, and this is from Scottian's own mouth, that they were at a coffee shop or, or a diner or something right nearby, and a bunch of skinheads showed up. 
and we're point blank going to beat the shit out of Scott because this is back when he had long hair. He was just a long haired Jewish guy, you know, standing there and uh, the skinheads were going to beat the shit out of him. And it was pretty apparent. And Billy Milano was there, was also, uh, I guess, physically with his hair looked like a skinhead, was dressed like a skinhead and pretty much told everybody to get the fuck out of there. You know, or he was going to fucking, you know, handle some business and save Scott's ass. And uh, then they were then I guess they started hanging out over the course of those few days and didn't apparently didn't know each other before that and said, hey, you want to sing? And so he just came in and started to yell. And that was apparently how Billy Milano was asked to be in the band because oh. he just stopped Scott from getting his ass kicked oh, nice. by a bunch of skinheads. So valiant, but. God, Scott, take a punch and throw that fat idiot out of the band. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Sorry. Yeah, I, I think Scott could have could have done just fine singing all these. And, uh, I like Scott's voice, though. Yeah, got a great. Uh, and but uh, well, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's a uh, definitely definitely fun album, man. And I uh, uh, just uh, I don't know. I just think of it. You know, again, just getting back, it it just boggles my mind because. Uh, they just got done with spreading the disease, and if you listen to that, it's just it's uh, a lot thrashier and just not as heavy. Like the guitar tone just isn't there. I don't know if Scott just plugged right into the board and and just thrashed some things out for SOD, and maybe that's why it's so raw and maybe a little more uh, a little punchier. Whereas Anthrax was more produced, obviously, but just they were never um, were never never had that crunch. You know, no. I mean, they do have some heavy stuff. Don't get me wrong. Anthrax oh, has yeah. some really, really heavy stuff, especially on Persistence of Time and and uh, on Attack of the Killer Bees. They have some great stuff. But, um, you know, it was just never it never reached that level of S.O.D. And um, since uh, you're an Anthrax fan, Corey, I'm going to pose the question to you, you specifically mm -hmm. that. Sorry, Nick, just you're not an Anthrax okay. fan. So but I will ask you, does this does this album because this is what it says to me, but does it give you the feeling that Scott Ian certainly could have survived and been very successful without Anthrax, but that Anthrax could not have survived and been successful without him. That's a great question. I think, uh, I, I, I think so. Um, wow. I mean, wow. Belladonna went off on his own and failed, you know, and then came back to Anthrax, mm -hmm. uh, Let's see. Danny Spitz left and seriously started uh, became a watchmaker, which is actually a really interesting story. Um, he went to he went to a, a specialized school, to learn how to how to create and work on Swiss watches or something like that. Very interesting, his story. Uh, but I don't think Frankie Bello did anything. And Charlie didn't go anywhere outside of where Scott went. Yeah. So, yeah, he's always just hung out with Scott. So, I mean, I really wonder if if mm -hmm. Anthrax could have flourished and survived without him, because listening to this, I could easily see putting Scott in 15 bands where he would have really excelled and really, if nothing more than just because his lead work is OK, but it's just OK. Yeah. It's his rhythm work where you just get blown away by what he can do with those hands. I think this is proof as, as to what when he works alone, when he's unchained as to what he can do. Um, I think maybe he did these things because one, uh, Frankie probably couldn't have played the bass and Joey probably certainly couldn't have sang hmm. <laughs> not, not, not these many words this fast. Cause, cause Joey has a voice. Joey Belladonna has a very nice voice. Yeah. And I think these are words that needed to be yelled out and growled out. Not so much articulated nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dan Loker what? was, was the anthrax bassist at this point. Like Frankie wasn't in the band yet. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I don't think Frankie came on till what Euphoria. Oh, was it that late? Oh, that's so. earlier. Or maybe maybe it was uh, uh, before that. Um, Among the Living. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. Maybe it was just for for maybe just for I guess Joey's benefit. Yeah, I mean, it was it was almost Anthrax, but you know, sort of mm. completely different. <laughs> You know? yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a great question. It's 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 interesting that Scott actually hasn't ventured outside of Anthrax hardly at all over the years. Um, he, that's just always been his main thing. Uh, and they still put out albums and they have a lot of lineup changes. But Scott um, Scott pretty much does that. And I don't know if, it's, you know, at this point, it's a recognized, uh, you know, 
recognized band has a lot of a lot of history and they're one of the big four you know big four thrash bands of the 80s of course and you know so there's a lot going on and that's probably why he stuck with them too i mean they were successful not to say that he he was he wanted to find somewhere else to go but he didn't think he could be successful but i'm saying that it helped right. it, you know it really helped that anthrax they were a big deal in the 80s and he he he, he writes all the riffs you know he doesn't write the you know the, the leads but you know really they've they've proven that uh you know whether it's danny spitz or whoever the new guy is in there or the guys they've had over the years i mean they can they, you can write leads for for ian and that's perfectly fine um but uh i don't know through singers you know several singers now whether it's uh, uh joe and i love john, john bush, bush. Yeah, i love yeah. john bush i mean armored saint was great uh, just just i'll i'll be tickled if you know it and i bet you probably do you know who scott ian's uh, father-in-law is oh man i don't know this hmm. meatloaf <laughs> you're kidding me <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's not a lot of meatloaf <laughs> it's a wonder they've never worked together <laughs> I wonder I if do that's anything true. for anthrax, but I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, wow! Oh yeah. That's, oh uh... my God, Nick! I'm leaving you out of this. I'm uh, sorry. It's it. okay. My just... uh, my knowledge there is pretty slow. So or low. When it comes to anthrax, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. That was that was that was a time, uh, a coming of age. I think time of music thing for Corey and i both because mm -hmm. uh, I, I got on anthrax early and uh yeah uh, the first time i saw anthrax i just was like oh my god and i think it was yeah I th you know what mm, it probably was i think i saw them on the persistence of time tour two wow. or three times that they they that was an extended tour for them yeah uh, yeah it was so that was yeah. a good that was a good good show yeah. oh it was steady euphoria it may have been steady euphoria the first time hmm. but but the giant yeah but the giant clock for persistence with the skulls on it was pretty badass <laughs> on stage as it started spinning oh shit here they go <laughs> oh yeah oh, i can I, I remember i was in eighth grade whenever that came out my my buddy comes up to me and i you know i wasn't allowed to listen to it and uh he comes up to me in school and uh he's like yeah he's like i went to the mall last night and i bought pot and i'm like what what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, the new Anthrax album, Persistence of Time. I'm like, ah, ha, ha, ha. That's funny. And then uh, he he dubbed it onto my, uh, I think I was telling Nick, um, he dubbed it onto my uh, Debbie Gibson tape, you know, that I, I taped over the tab, you know, on the, on the top of it so he could record over it. So my mom and dad mom, didn't know it's, I had it's Electric Youth. Look at it. No, it's the same thing. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, and... Uh, yeah, just blew me away. But uh, Nick, uh, like I was saying, there's a ton of of classic, like prime Anthrax on Spotify now. Um, you know everything from. Uh, I don't think that uh, what is Armed and Dangerous is on there, but um, you know, fist or fistful of metal. Yeah, fistful of metals on there. I think and spreading the disease and um, state of euphoria among the living, persistence of time. Oh, great, great stuff. And they don't have. I don't think they have anything. I don't think they have. Um, uh, uh, sound of white noise. Yeah, I, I was going to say I've listened a lot less to everything post Sound of White Noise. Yeah. to be honest, it's not it's it's not as good, and I don't know, I don't know what it is. Scott's still coming up with cool riffs. It's just uh, as a band, it, it, it's just been in sort of the state of chaos, you know, really yeah. since Joey left, and and then John was there for a few albums, but just gone through a lot of lineup changes, and you know, again, it's Scotty, and so I don't know. I'm not sure that Scott is really carrying the band right now. You know, yeah. There, there's it's something. that same weird fluctuation, like when uh, Halford left Priest and and Ripper Owens came in. Um, you know, it's like, well, I love Ripper, but then the music kind of went weird for a little while. Then, then I don't know. Yeah. That's that's the weird thing that happens when bands have a giant personnel shift, but the rest of the band is still good, and we still want you know want them to be that same band, and it's really not fair to them, but we ask the same of them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, weird, weird. But, uh, oh, just for Nick's sake, now we have to do an Anthrax episode. Oh, so I can learn. So I yeah. can be taught Anthrax. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, I think oh, I just great, had a so I have to listen to more of that. Uh. The lyrics are far more intelligent than S.O.D. True. Believe me, they're a lot a lot deeper. I have a lot of, actually, a lot of great things are, are tackled in Anthrax lyrics. I uh, I did see Anthrax a couple of years ago at the uh, Big Four in New York City. 
at Yankee Stadium. And uh, they, even though they went on first, they were still um, the second most impressive band that day after Metallica. Hmm. Who'd you like the least? Oh, God, uh, dude, I'm so not into Megadeth. And really, Dave Mustaine oh, wow. is the one. He's so boring to watch on stage, dude. He stands there and he taps his toe like a country singer. <laughs> like like he's playing slow trucker country. But I and I've always loved Megadeth on albums, but I've always hated them live just because of Dave's voice. Can he always sound like he's just whining his way through songs? It's like, oh God. Oh yeah, and that's how he talks too. That's his that's a yeah. speaking voice as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, and, and it's always the same thing. I, I've seen. I'm, I'm not kidding. I've probably seen Megadeth over different tours, probably seven or eight times. And every time he says, "Drive safe, good homes. We want to see you again. You have been great. We have been Megadeth. Good night." And he walks off the stage. I'm like, "Get the fuck." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and they uh, got their uh, skeleton in a suit who comes out and points at you. That's Vic Rattlehead, sir. Yes. Dude, I so I no, I'm not on board the Megadeth train. <laughs> no, they were I trying think, to steal the Eddie Thunder from Iron Maiden, and it just did not work. Sorry. See, I, I think my um, distaste for Megadeth came from remember back in the '80s and it, well, I mean in the '90s, uh, where you had to pick between Metallica and Megadeth. You couldn't like both. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could not like both, and I, I mean, I already liked Metallica back then, so. I wasn't going to change teams. You know, you're you're so right about that, because we had to like Metallica because we were from their hometown. So we were big Metallic fans. But, you know, but we like I remember I had uh, so far so good. So what? And I and I worked at McDonald's and I used to put it on after everybody had gone. I was cleaning the place. I'd be listening to like, you know, Mary Jane and uh, uh, in my darkest hour, just fucking rock it out. But it's like. I wouldn't feel comfortable listening to it in front of my friends because they'd be like, that Megadeth? Yeah, dude, but the music... Yeah, fuck Mustaine's voice and his attitude, but the music was solid. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, man. See, now now we have, um, in modern metal, the equivalent of that would be total metal elitism, where people go, that's not fucking metal. (laughs) Avenged Sevenfold, that's just hard rock. That's not metal. You know? So I, maybe it was better back then when we just had to pick between one or one or the other instead of just being told that <laughs> yeah, everything you, you we had, like is in metal. You had camps well, of metal. Everything was well, metal and you just had your camps, you know. <laughs> I don't want to shoot down all elitism because I've heard some podcasts had a pretty good episode where they were like, hey, what the hell happened to Metallica anyway? <laughs> yeah, Are right. they really metal now? I'm pretty sure we started on top of the totem pole <laughs> yeah, uh, like, we, so. like we were so great, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, you're right. I remember that. I remember being a part of it. It was almost it's like you didn't want anybody to know that that you would go home and put on the new Cinderella album and go, fuck, Tom Kiefer's got a great voice. But you wouldn't let your buddies know you were listening to it <laughs> or like your girlfriend broke up with you. Man, we got to get some don't know what you got till it's gone going on. Huh. But you wouldn't let your buddies know. It was so weird. And it was that for me, it was jean jackets with all kinds of crazy ass patches and metal handshakes were five or six maneuvers easily per handshake to show how metal you were it's weird <laughs> it was what, like, like white it was like off. white yeah it was like white jive we had it and my head goes this way and then we wiggle our fingers and turn our hand this way it's like you know it's like it's like as, as close as we could get to being cool and black but we never were <laughs> that's a great way to put it yeah wow. black dudes always had kick-ass handshakes it's mm. like He's from the feast from the street. Look at that hand. Like fucking Kung Fu. We're just trying to emulate that shit. It was nonsense. Just nonsense. Oh, heavy yeah. metal parking lot, folks. You guys need to watch, and you guys too. Heavy metal parking lot where it's like in the mid-80s, a guy with a video camera just goes all around this Judas Priest concert in Michigan. And it's the most, it's almost like I just want to call it like the white slide, where like where we just go down. From we're cool to hey, check it out. We're almost sleeping with relatives. It's the worst you're ever gonna see. Wow. White teenage kids. And it's I think it's on YouTube, and I just I just I get a, I can't stop laughing every time I watch it. Priest man, awesome dude. They're just making faces and singing, and you know, guys are like, Rob, Rob's so badass, it's like you know, what? No, he's the baddest motherfucker ever. Well, don't say if, if well, never mind. 
But uh, if they could only <laughs> see what was coming in the history of Judas Priest, it would have shocked a lot of them. Oh. I, I bet it did. Oh, if we they lived long enough. We, right? We should talk about that, too. What happens when the lead singer of your band comes out and says he's gay? Or like the singer for, uh, um, oh, God, and I love them, too. Uh, against Me, where the guy comes out and says, you know, I'm gender dysmorphia or whatever, where I, I'm really a woman inside. And he's actually being transitioned into a woman, and he's still staying as the vocalist of the band. Or, or Life of Agony. Huh? The Life of Agony. Oh, oh, good. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it. Reason Woman's. Oh, wait, wait, no, no. I don't yeah. ever find it weird unless it's like they had songs about sex that you enjoyed and then you learned that it's about a dude. That's weird. But I guess that that's pretty uncommon. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but it's a weird situation. Like hearing Priest sing, he's singing, I'm your turbo lover. It's like, yeah, you know. And you're like, whoa, I got to re-examine these lyrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's just very, you're, you're putting a, in a weird funk. You know, and it's not your, it's, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I found. It, it's funny, Judas Priest. I found myself just reevaluating all the priests I've ever heard in my life and just all kinds of images went through my head at that point. You know, and this is weird, you know. I'm not gay, so I, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily. Well, I'm out of here. I've been lied to. I'm gone. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, I I don't find it appealing to think about those sorts of situations, you know, putting myself in those sorts of situations. But it's, that's not well, what none, I none enjoy. Of us do. And right. uh, so that it's just a, a weird funk. But I, I think I think there's been a lot of support, like pretty overwhelming support for for Halford, especially. Yeah. Um, he seems to really maintain his fan base, and um, you know, of course, there are the haters out there, and there's there's definitely a segment of. You know, music fans, metalheads, and everything that are homophobic and you know are just vehemently that way. But I think, I think for the most part, the community's taken pretty well to Halford, and they're still uh, they're they're still buying his albums. You know, they're still going to see Priest and everything. And you know, that's uh, I think it was pretty cool. I, you know, but it's, it's right. interesting to examine that your bandmates will put up with all kinds of your crazy antics and nonsense and drunken wrecking hotel rooms. But when you do something that fucks with the money, everybody's money, hmm. that's hard to do. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, no, I don't know. But uh, I think this we could also get in a conversation later on of I mean, not tonight, but uh, of like the heaviest side project bands like SOD is a great one. But since we're talking about Halford and Priest, how about Fight? Fight was oh, a great yeah. little band. I, I love Fight. I was just thinking uh, about them because I was on this whole 90s nostalgia thing and looking up a lot of the bands and music, and I completely forgot about Fight. And you heard that song. They played that thing all the that, that, uh What song oh, was nailed, it? Oh, Nailed to the Gun was playing constantly. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Gonna, is that on Spotify? All this, I'm feeling nostalgic yet again now that you brought that up. Fight just takes me back to a, a beautiful place in my life. But uh, it's fight on spot. I don't see fight even coming up in the list. That's and what's great is that is, is all that shit is born out of frustration. Yeah, I make my living in this band with these group of guys. But fuck, I really want to do this other shit. So I sneak out from time to time and do it and assure my bandmates that I'm never going to leave. You know, it's it's kind of yeah. weird yeah. how they have to sneak around to expand what they want to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I know that, like, Maynard, um, when he started A Perfect Circle, obviously a much lighter band than Tool, sure. uh, but but he said when he went back to them, they called A Perfect Circle his mistress that he was off with, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And now he's got Pussifer, which is another thing that's, like, so out there from what Tool is, like, mm -hmm. you know, just weird uh, fusion of alt-metal um and and uh even like different jazz and country stuff mixed in and it, it's so weird but there's no way he could have released pussifer stuff as tool mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. or even like if they did a perfect circle stuff as tool it would have uh not conveyed what he was looking to convey you know what i mean yeah. Oh, yeah. and it works it works both ways whether you go heavy or light or whatever mm -hmm. yeah. yeah we we seem to get mad when the people that we demand be creative actually be creative and step outside of what they, you know, their comfort zone. 
It's like some people feel betrayed. How you know? Oh well, that's when he went and did that. Well, yeah. Well, that's the, he felt the calling to do. Like it or not, he's creating. He he's a creator. You know, that's what an artist does. And we we get mad if they never change, and we get pissed if they change. Kind of like every girlfriend I ever dated. You know, it's like all the all the things you loved me for were the same reasons why you fucking left me in the end because I never changed. You know, I don't get it. <laughs> Guess what I just thought of, and this is this is kind of meta, it's not really metal. It's more punk. But uh, I just for some reason. I just found out the whole uh, connection between the New York Dolls and Buster Poindexter. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't never, know that there was one. I, well, the singer for the New York Dolls, is uh, his alter ego is Buster Poindexter. And really? He does, you know, he does all the hot, 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 you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I know. Kind of He's loungy, the cap kind of, and Scrooged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I did not know. Yeah, and so that's that was amazing to me because all of a sudden it made me look at New York Dolls actually a lot differently whenever I found that out, and uh, it's kind of weird because two completely different styles and and completely different attitudes, and it's just weird. And uh, so, but uh, <laughs> I don't know why I was just reading about Buster Poindexter for some reason, and but uh, yeah, that kind of shock. But yeah, yeah, it's a shame. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big. Uh, supporter of side projects and stuff. I think they're great, um, you know. And sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're they're bad. You know, looking at uh, looking at sort of the the downfall of Pantera. You know, obviously before Dime was shot, but you know just how um, they you know especially Vinny, Vinny blames uh, down uh, for for a lot of that and uh, Superjoint and, wow. uh, and stuff um, because they just sort of Phil just started doing those. You know what was supposed to be a side project. All of a sudden he embarked on tours. You know, and and the rest of Pantera was just sort of there. So there, you know, there's a lot of a lot of negativity to it, but uh, I I think it's uh, also a really healthy thing. And then you have bands like Metallica, who uh, are vehemently against it. You know, they were uh, they, that was the whole uh, sort of um, beef they had with Newstead. You know, Newstead was going out and he was he was uh, he was doing some side work, some side projects. Um, while he was still in Metallica, and they didn't like that at all. Especially you know Lars and James and everyone. They're just like. We're Metallica. We concentrate on Metallica. All we do is Metallica. We don't go out and do a lot of side bands, blah, 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 blah. And they made a big point of saying that um, after Newstead left. Well, and it fucked them because you know, they treated him like the fifth member of the band when he was the fourth. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. it was, you know, and that's just, I don't know, that's that's part of the clutch <laughs> of Hetfield and Ulrich. But I think I we have know. a whole episode on that. Yeah, Fuck. yeah we do. <laughs> we do. This was actually supposed to be SOD. And um yeah, well, now we're talking about that album is only 29 guys. minutes. Uh... <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. 21 songs, 29 minutes. And, and, and interestingly enough, you bring that up. They actually did an EP and I'm not even sure um, a lot of it's been released or any of it's been released. But uh, I was kind of reading, you know, Wikipedia just to brush up on my SOD history here a little bit before we record. And um, to my understanding, according to Wikipedia, uh, they recorded an EP before Speak English or Die consisting of 63 songs <laughs> or not an ep a demo a 63, 63 song demo yes that must have been like six cassette tapes <laughs> yeah, no I, it was probably 40 minutes you know i read that as oh. well i don't think any of it i'm gonna say if it exists um i don't think any of it has seen the line of day i mean line of day and they and they and they threw so much extra shit onto the reissue of, of uh Speak English or Die and Bigger Than the Devil. And apparently there's there's a studio album called Rise of the Infidels that I have never heard. I haven't either. I haven't either. I only thought they had the two. But okay, it's a live album recorded at the Phoenix Club in Seattle. And I'm gonna be honest, if it's if it's a live SOD album, I don't need to hear it. Because hearing them live now, you know, it, it's I don't know. They they have to they have to go slow because Billy Milano is so fucking fat. He has to fucking take three breaths between every fucking sentence. So, uh, you know, it's a different dynamic now. So um, I don't think Scott slowed down, though. I think he's no, he's no. He's pacing himself for everybody else. Scott's just as fast as he ever was. Yeah. 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 But uh, well, I think all three of us enjoyed S.O.D. And of course, uh, you know. That's uh, that's saying a lot, and I think a lot of people listening I have probably listened to it. But if you haven't had a chance to listen to SOD, especially Speak English or Die, man, this is this is an album that uh, was overlooked for a long, long time, and it was only sort of um, 
the enjoyment of people who were real metalheads, you know, in the 80s and 90s and really went digging for the coolest stuff. And um, so it wasn't hard to hard to get at there for a long time. But, you know, I'm glad it is and and uh, glad we listened to it. So, Mike, thank you. Thank you for thanks, guys, choosing this. So. Um, so yeah, any other, any other thoughts about SOD before we sort of wrap things up? Gentlemen, anything? Anything? Uh, no, I'm good, man. I think I said exactly what I needed to. I think people who like Thrash are going to, uh, probably already know of this. I mean, I almost don't know who to recommend this to, because it's like, if you like Thrash Metal, really like it and are looking for more you probably already heard sod uh for younger people if you want to if you don't really like thrash and you want to hear something that might make you like some thrash listen to this mm-hmm. yeah well said well said yeah and if you if you um definitely if you're a fan of anthrax like anthrax stuff uh you'll definitely i think dig this um and maybe if you don't like anthrax listen to it anyhow because i still think You'll dig it if you're a metal fan. So, I don't know. Mike, what do you think? If people don't like Anthrax, maybe they're not into the whole thrash thing, will they like S.O.D. without being a fan of Anthrax? Like yeah. consciously saying, I, I just don't like, I hate Anthrax. I just can't get into them. Will they like S.O.D., yeah. do you think? I, I think so, potentially, because it's uh, I think it's a lot heavier than Anthrax ever was. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people that don't like Anthrax because of Joey's voice. Yeah. I've known people say, well, you know, the music's cool, but that guy he seems kind of high and kind of, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and I always liked Joey's voice. I never had a problem with it, but I know some people. Didn't. So if if that was what kept you away from liking Anthrax, definitely check out S.O.D. It was insanely heavy. Um, and just I, I enjoy this, I think, the most because it blew away everything at the time. They came in, walked in, made it in a couple of days and walked away. They did like two live shows and just fucking walked away and went on with their all their careers. And it really and, it, and sadly, it kicked the shit out of everything any one of them were doing to pay the bills, mm-hmm. you know. And I just I wonder I just wonder what this could have been if this was their band. You know, maybe got rid of Billy, uh, <laughs> but, you know, and actually tried to make this crazy music, you know, over and over and over. And maybe that would have killed it and probably would have. But. Uh, what could have been, I don't know, but I'm glad I'm glad they 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 went on with it. So yeah, if you're if you're kind of into anthrax or whatever, check it out. Or if you if you want to hear what what good old '80s really heavy music was, it's worth it. Yeah, I, and I, sloppy. I, it was great sloppy. This is sloppy music. Yeah, and it's 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 loose, but it's tight. When 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 they're clicking together, when Charlie and Scott are clicking together, they've never been better. Oh yeah, even to this day. So I'm going to shut up. Please go ahead. No, oh, no, nope, that's fantastic. I agree. I agree. Good stuff. So um, anyhow, moving on, uh, this is going to be our last episode, I just realized, of uh, 2013. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so... I was like, oh, my God, we're, we're ending the show? God <laughs> Yeah, why didn't you tell me before? This is our last episode. Not something we should have talked about before we started recording. <laughs> of no. the year. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, so we haven't talked about what, uh, what we're going to do to sort of kick off the new year. Although I will tell you that uh, we're going to have a lot of interviews coming up uh, in January and February. Um, a lot of great people are going to be on the show. A lot of really cool bands. And uh, of course, we'll also keep putting out our, uh, our regular episodes as well. So uh, our next one will be um, more thematic sort of thing. And then I think we're back to Nick for the next album review. Which, mm-hmm. uh, I got my pick ready. Sweet, sweet. And... Um, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll figure that out. But uh, visit our website devilhorns.org and uh, definitely get on the Facebook page because that's where we post a lot about sort of uh, what we're gonna be doing or if we're thinking about doing something, and we we throw a lot of cool stuff out there. So uh, visit the Facebook page, which uh, you can jump onto through our website. And um, yeah, a lot of great stuff going on. But uh, guys, it's been a fantastic show again. Just a, a breath of fresh air after not having recorded for such a long time with you guys. And uh, I just, I missed you. I missed you. So it was good stuff. So um, (laughs) cool, cool. So um, any parting words, guys, here before uh, we exit 2013 and looking to 2014? um, I don't know. Any, Any words to say? No, I'd just like to hear what everybody else is listening to. So let us know. 
Um, let us know what new cool shit is out there because there's so much metal that so much of it slips right through the cracks. So if there's something we should be aware of, let us know so we can let the people know. Right. right. Oh my God. This will be my parting words. I just realized that we just reviewed an album that's almost 30 years old. Ooh, we're old men. Jesus. Oh, man. I just thought, wait, 85. Oh my God. Oh no. What do you think yeah. Scott Ian's feeling right now? Jeez. He's 49. He's probably taking some Boniva like Sally Fields. He's oh. trying to keep them bones up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And some I also did just remember we will be doing feedback next episode, definitely. So, uh, yes. Thank you for all the feedback. I love reading yeah. the comments and um, what you guys throw on our Facebook and stuff. So, I mean, post post videos to our Facebook so we can. Share them with the people, man. That's what we got to do. How are people going to know what's cool if you don't tell us that it's out there, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So Good stuff. You, you can find us on Twitter at Devil Horns Cast, or you could find us on Facebook, just Devil Horns Podcast. That's who we are. Indeed. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Well, thanks again, fellas. Of course, this is Corey, and uh, from Mike and Nick, just like to say, Good night. Happy 2013. Have a safe and fun holiday season. Hope Santa Claus brings you a lot of cool metal under the tree this year. So, all right. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Good night. You've been listening to Devil Horns. Join us at devilhorns.org.